0: Welcome to the part two of the Three and D podcast reaction to NBA and Grizzlies free agency. Uh, my name is Sean Coleman, joined again by Justin Lewis. You can follow us on Twitter at Three and D Pod. You can follow myself at Stats SAC. That's S T A T S S A C. And Justin, they can follow you at J underscore Timberfake underscore. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
0: Gotcha. Well, Justin, let's let, let's ask a quick question here because I, I think that me and you are watching the Braves right now, but we're also keeping up with soccer as well. We may have two national soccer teams playing for the finals in their respective tournaments over the next or over this weekend. How odd is that? How unexpected is that?
1: Uh, unexpected, maybe on the men's end. Um, the women, I don't think it's as unexpected because they're. I mean, pretty dominant. The guys have struggled in years past, missing the World Cup. Um, But right now, I mean, they're up uh, 2-0 in Jamaica who have one of the best goalies in the entire world. Um, So it's, it's a good sign to see that.
0: Yeah, when you have Christian Pulisic, it definitely, definitely makes things uh, easier, easier to deal with. But we will get to soccer and baseball uh, later on. In part two of this podcast, uh, we're going to focus on uh, basically the depth of the Grizzlies offseason. The Grizzlies have had a much more active free agency than many thought They have taken advantage of their cap space as well as some of the contracts that they've taken on through the Mike Conley trade and certainly uh, have maximized uh, the returns. So let's focus on each of these moves one by one. And we're going to start with the Andre Iguodala trade. Obviously, as part of the D'Angelo Russell, Kevin Durant trade, the Warriors had to clear some space in order to take on D'Angelo Russell and extend him. They were able to send out Andre Iguodala, and a first-round pick. Now, Justin, be honest, because I was one who thought it was three picks originally. Did you think that Wode was referencing three picks initially?
1: No. As soon as, as, soon as I read it, I knew that he was talking um, the the protection layout, but the way that he he typed it out, it was it was definitely easy to be misunderstood.
0: And so, basically, the way that it is is that it is a it is a very lightly protected. 2024 through 2026 potential pick. In 2024 if it falls outside the top 4 the Grizzlies get it. If it falls beyond the first pick in 25 the Grizzlies get it and if and it's unprotected in 2026. So overall it potentially could be a very valuable pick as the Warriors players age. But just in just in general this trade the Grizzlies front office having the competence to know that they had cap space to work with getting that information out there and then taking advantage of other teams trying to make maneuvers, they were able to take on Iguodala, who in himself is an asset, but also gain another future first. How impressed were you by this creativity from the front office?
1: It was brilliant, like. I'm not used – I mean, I guess none of the Grizzlies fans are used to, to even being able to say anything like that about our front office and the moves that they make. But Iggy, whether you you keep him um, through February or you flip him now, like the whole national media talking about we need to buy him out and let him go to the Lakers and do that is just ridiculous. He has value. Um, and so I think it was a, a genius move because, like you said, to the, the pick um, – that's going to be like 36 and Clay's going to be 34. Um, and so they're not going to be the same Warriors at that point. So that pick is actually going to be somewhat valuable. And I just think that as we you know go through the podcast, we'll see it that, that Zach Kleinman is an absolute genius, and he is just policing teams left and right. And this is one of those examples.
0: So, Justin, the thing that I'll say is this, is that it's, it's amazing. It, you know, it's just it, – this it is so critical that small uh, that small market front offices make moves ahead of making moves that they beam one or two steps in front of each move that they make that they view each move as a as a basically as a pawn for a bigger move and the Grizzlies front office seems to be doing that, so we gained the first round pick. Now, with Iguadala in place, there has been a lot of debate as to what potentially the Grizzlies should do. Obviously, we're in a league that is very much controlled by the players. You know, the players, this probably is the, is the one sports league where players have the biggest influence. When it comes to Iguodala, there's been a lot of debate over, will the Grizzlies hang on to him, potentially send him off for more assets, or should they buy him out if he doesn't want to be here? Logically, it makes sense he doesn't. But logically, for the Grizzlies, it doesn't make any sense to buy him out. What are your thoughts on that thought process? Do you feel that it makes sense for the – I mean, not for the Grizzlies to hang on to him. That obviously makes sense. But is there a point to where it does make sense for the Grizzlies to buy him out if that's the preference of Andre Iguodala?
1: I I don't know. I think I would – I don't think I would do the other teams in the league any favors. I think I would probably tell them well, we're, we're not going to buy you out um, unless it's for like a million dollars, and um, we we need you to be here with with these guys, and then we will do right by you and trade you the deadline to a contender. But yeah, I don't know if I I don't think there's any scenario where a buyout is something that the Grizzlies are even considering with him.
0: I agree to an extent. I, I I don't think that it makes sense for the Grizzlies to trade him. It doesn't. They got they got him in the trade. They should use him as an asset uh, to be able to you know get picks. As we've seen, you know here in a few minutes when we talk about other trades, you definitely can get picks unexpectedly. But I do think that the Grizzlies have to be self aware. They have to be conscientious of the fact that. The Grizzlies have been known to be a franchise that doesn't always get it, and while we do have a new competent front office in place, if Iguadala makes it clear that he doesn't want to be here, I think that he is a respected enough player to where the Grizzlies certainly don't want this to turn into a circus like we've seen with Chandler Parsons, like we've seen with other players. I don't think that it's going to be like that. I don't think Iguodala is that type of personality that would do that. But I do feel like it does make sense for a buyout to occur if it's just clear Andre Iguodala wants no part of the Grizzlies. So while it doesn't make sense, I'm certainly hoping that we're able to hold on to him and like you said, do right by him to use him in a trade to get other assets. I do feel like the Grizzlies should at least be conscientious of the fact that if it's his preference, a buyout could make sense in the right situation. So speaking of Chandler Parsons, Obviously, the Iguodala trade was something that, you know, we had hoped the Grizzlies would do. That was their big taking on a bad contract to get a future asset move. But then the move that so many people have been waiting for occurred today when we saw Chandler Parsons traded to the Atlanta Hawks for Solomon Hill and Miles Plumley. Now, on the surface, this doesn't seem like that big of a deal. You basically have um, parts from one team, unwanted parts from one team, going to an unwanted parts unwanted parts from one team going to another. The Hawks didn't want Hill and Plumley. We didn't want Parsons. Justin, why was this trade done? What other factors made this made sense for both teams to pull the trigger?
1: Uh the Atlanta Hawks needed a roster space. Um they have at least three rookies that they have to sign still um and I believe maybe even a free agent that they have gone after. Um, so they, they had too many guys on rosters that needed to get rid of a, or open up a roster spot. Um, to Hill and Plumlee were never going to see the floor. Chandler might actually see the floor for Atlanta, so that gets him another player um, on, on the floor. And on our end, um, people have been hating it because for some reason they expected to get something in return for Parsons, but that was never going to happen in a $25 million contract for a guy that's played less than a a season, it seems like, in in a total of three. Um, So what what was basically done was that Kleiman broke up Chandler's bad contract into two bad contracts, making it able to to move one or both of them significantly easier, whether at the deadline to a team that wants to take on some expirings or even this. Offseason where somebody can negotiate a buyout with that player and and open up that cap space for them to sign the free agents that they've already agreed to in the moratorium, Um, because I I don't think um, the Grizzlies have any intentions of of Hill or Plumlee being on this roster going forward. There's a reason that these guys have been shipped around with their bad contracts um, because they're not really valuable players um, at this point in their career. Um, So. On the surface, you see the names, and you're just like, eh, this this isn't really anything. But if you look deeper into it, the fact that we didn't have to attach anything to Chandler Parsons, and then we get two expiring to $12 million apiece, um, was one of the best moves in in Grizzlies offseason history.
0: And that's the thing about it. you know, When you look at these moves, it's options that are created, and it's common sense. You know, from as big a move as getting Andre Iguodala in a first, from as big a move as trading Mike Conley to ridding yourself of Chandler Parsons um, scenario, your your financial flexibility improves. Your future, you have more moves again that are potentially there. It's the Grizzlies just keep hitting on these on these moves, no matter how big or small, to where each move can consistently move forward. As we you know are about to talk about. The Mike Conley trade has led to two or three other trades, to where the haul for Mike Conley just continues to grow. The other thing about those contracts and Heel and plumbly is that the Grizzlies could buy them out themselves, and if they do do that, you know, that could be extra cap space that could lead to even more moves, to where we could take on another potential bad contract to get a you know pick. You know, at some point, you know the the, the dominoes may get confusing, but at the end of the day, if the Grizzlies are just continuing to pick up a stockpile of picks, that's the whole goal. Just keep that uh, keep that momentum going, uh, that, that, uh, that, um, that machine-producing picks to churning, and a lot of times you will find yourself in position for big moves in the future. So we made the Iguodala trade. The Chandler Parsons trade we thought was it for the day, but then we see the Grizzlies make another move. And in my opinion, this may be the biggest example, the biggest heist of the offseason. The Grizzlies trading Kyle Corver, Javon Carter to the Suns for Josh Jackson, DeAnthony Melton, a 2020 second rounder from the Suns, and a 2021 second rounder where if it finishes, if it lands in the 31st to the 35th spot, the Grizzlies get it, otherwise it goes to Brooklyn. Justin, your initial thoughts on that deal, completely out of nowhere, completely unexpected, but how in the world did the Grizzlies turn – Corver and Javon Carter into that big of a haul.
1: You say you think it's the biggest high of the offseason. I think it's the second biggest high of the offseason, but the first one still involves Phoenix, but that's when they gave away T J Warren um to Fair Indiana. Enough. Yeah, I saw this trade and I was in complete and total shock because when I when I first read it, um I read through it quick and I assumed it was a two second round picks for us. Um, sending in the Phoenix because that just makes more sense. But we pull that off and Phoenix's first or second round picks might as well be late um first rounders. And we we get the Anthony a six four athletic defensive point guard who yeah, struggled shooting from three but Young guys typically do in the NBA, and it takes them a minute to find their stroke, and he'll grow and he'll get better. But it's another big point guard that the league is kind of heading towards for, for the most part. And then Josh Jackson is, is a, a redemption case, as uh, Woj put it. And I'm going to write a, a piece on um, giving him a chance, uh, just like we gave zebo a chance, um, and that this could be an opportunity. Now, the only thing with that is that if you don't keep Iguodala, you don't have that locker room veteran. Like you used to with Mike Conley and Marcus Saul to help guide a young player, um, in to get on the right path. Uh, so, but the thing is, it's like even if Jackson doesn't pan out, the Grizzlies give up Javon freaking Carter for it. Who cares? Like I I love Javon and I I love talking to his mom in the games. Um, but Javon is wasn't going to be a part of the future of the team, and it seems like the front office is just undoing in three days or two weeks what Chris Wallace has done over the last decade. Um, And so this move right here was just like, if this is a preview of what our front office is capable of, the Grizzlies are going to be around for a long time.
0: And I agree with you. I heard many uh, pundits, many critics you know, when we picked Javon Carter last year with the Anthony Melton and many other players on the on the uh, um, available last year at the 32nd pick, a lot of people were thinking, okay, well, why did we take Javon Carter? And I'm going to write a piece here, you know, talking about, you know, how Melton is that difference for the Grizzlies, how he is better for their future than Carter. And what it comes down to is this. The Grizzlies were able to take Carter, who is, it was a last-ditch effort, For our old front office to keep keep alive the brand that was so successful for them in the past, they were able to take a limited player and trade him for a player who just has higher upside. And that's the thing in general about this that is amazing. Phoenix's front office clearly doesn't know what they're doing. That's just me being brutally honest and probably me being actually nice about it. So the Grizzlies took advantage of that by being able to get a player that they obviously valued. They get a free opportunity to see if they can mold a talented player in Josh Jackson into something useful and then they still get second round picks as well. I mean it's just it's an incredible haul for Corver who a lot of people thought that you were going to buy him out. Phoenix traded for him to be able to take on, you know, to get the benefit of his cap space. But the other thing is is that Javon Carter as well. I mean the Grizzlies literally traded the third and fourth talented players in this deal and still got second round picks on top of it. It was just an absolutely incredible move by the Grizzlies front office. So, Justin, we see these three trades that are made, and we legitimately are just a few days away from six months ago when the Grizzlies were in the midst of trading two second-round picks for Justin Holiday to try to save their season and the Brooksgate fiasco where we thought we had gotten Kelly Oubre, but we did not. How amazing is it to see the two deals that took place six months ago and today seeing the moves that the Grizzlies front office is making? Did you ever expect this quick of a change?
1: No, and part of that's because I, I, you know, obviously we knew nothing about um, the way that Wexler would operate and, and who Climate even was. Um, so this is just absolutely a one hundred and eighty from where this franchise was headed. It's just funny, you know. We all remember Chris Wallace's exit interview where he said um, that there there is no plan. We're just not. We're just here to make some noise. Um, it's far cry from that, and I'm so glad that we are where we are today. That, I mean, it looks like the hits that we're getting on the on Grizzly Bear Blues have just skyrocketed because there's buzz about this team. And six months ago, there was none. Um, there was seemed to be little hope. Uh, we gained a little when we won, or we got second in the draft lottery, and now all of a sudden, this this team is being talked about more than the Mississippi Tigers are right now.
0: So everybody wanted the Grizzlies to make the most of the Mike Conley trade. They wanted them to make sure that they didn't really consider Conley's feelings, that they did what was going to make the most sense for the franchise. On the surface, the haul that they got initially was looked at as being okay. Maybe could have been a little bit better. But the biggest benefit of it was the options and and the flexibility that it created. Here is the end result. Of the Mike Conley trade, initially they got Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder, uh, the the first round pick in twenty twenty in twenty twenty two to twenty twenty four, and the twenty third pick. We've since turned that into it's now Grayson Allen, Jay Crowder, Brandon Clark, still that twenty likely twenty twenty second pick, but it's also turned into Audrey Iguodala, the Warriors' first round pick and now Josh Jackson, DeAnthony Melton and the potentially one to two second round picks from the Phoenix Suns. Justin, I I may have been uh, a little bit off there. You may have another piece that that's in there, but it's that gift that keeps on giving. And so we see the Grizzlies doing these types of moves. Justin, do you think that the Grizzlies are going to hold on to these picks or do you feel like this front office Maybe stockpiling assets to where they eventually can make a big move for a really, really good player who's under team control over the next one to two years, which do you see is more likely
1: um, yeah, I don't know because we we we've it's been proven we don't really know what climatelin is capable of. Um, we're learning that as we go right now, but he's he's pulled off these deals without having to give up picks so far. Um that'd be incredible. So I can imagine what kind of haul he could pull off um, when he starts including um some picks. You know, I don't know who's gonna come available star wise with some with some team control in the future. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see us go after a young guy um, who's who's a stud to put along, be that third guy besides Jaw and Jaron going forward. Um maybe that's the plan and we don't know it. Um or maybe the plan is with the cats face next year we're gonna throw some money at Jalen Brown or something like that, um, whatever it is, uh, I have full faith in this front office to to do what's best for this franchise. Um, and not a lot of doubt. And we've, we've never been at that point, uh, with this, this franchise ever. Um, so I, I'm all for the asset, um, building and, and stockpiling. And I think we're not done stockpiling assets. I think we're, we're going to get, um, a, a few more this off season, And I don't know if you noticed, but a little while ago, John Morant tweeted um, uh, a, I don't even know what that's called, it's a little um, hourglass, like, and I thought he tweeted, so it's like he knows that something's coming is the theory right now. And so based on the numbers of the roster, we've got to, we have to make some more moves. So um, who knows what's coming next? I mean, how, how sweet would it be if we, Figure out some way to like pull off a Bradley bill or, or something like that going forward.
0: It would be awesome. Um, I, I am not just, I had speculated that maybe the move the Grizzlies could make would be making a play for Oubre. Um, I know that he probably is, is just, he probably is on the same level as the lone rider, Kyle Anderson. So you don't want to commit too much money to that. I'm not necessarily the biggest advocate of bringing in that level of player um, this early in the process. Maybe in the next year or so I can see that. I still would like for the Grizzlies to really look at this rebuild and just continue to build assets myself. But if they can bring in that type of asset, if they want to really focus on bringing in a high-level shooter immediately, okay, right off the bat, you're definitely in a good position. Um, But, you know, speaking of of, of high-level shooters, I would say that if the Grizzlies are potentially stockpiling these picks to move after one, that could make some sense eventually or, or, you know, in the near future or a few years away. But arguably, right now on the roster, Avery Bradley is our best perimeter shooter. And we do have an upcoming decision on him of whether to extend him or, or, or whether to guarantee his contract or not. We did get a report today, while probably not that trustworthy considering the source, that the Grizzlies are considering multiple trade options for Bradley. Justin, what do you think the likelihood is of Bradley being traded, and do you feel like that he'll bring in a return that makes sense, or do you find that he's ultimately waived?
1: Well, I think that C.J. Miles is our best perimeter shooter that we have. Um and As soon as we did the core of a deal, my thought went to that's exactly what we're going to do with Bradley. Um, I think we're going to use him. There's some teams out there that need to create cap space. Um, the Golden State Warriors need to create cap space. The rumor is that Sean Livingston is going to be on the move for them. I'm not saying that we should be a player for him, but there are going to be other teams out there that are signing guys um, that still need to move a piece to to be able to sign these guys. And so I think I can see Uh, Avery Bradley being that guy um, that we were able to send out and open up some space for somebody because they can buy him out. And we get a player and an asset uh, attached to that, whether it's a a second-round pick or uh, a young player like we got from the Suns, which we don't need to keep taking on players because we've got to cut some of them eventually. Um, but. I think Bradley's definitely on the move, and I think it's going to happen within the next two days. What I what I saw was that um, the Grizzlies' woes um, bombs may be done until Kawhi uh, decides, and then the dominoes are going to start flying from there.
0: And while there are not many dominoes, there still are some significant ones out there. And I agree; we now have potentially twenty players. That are, have roster spots, if it, however much stock you want to put into the Gadurich signing, um, and, and so that basically my last question as far as um, our free or free agent reaction goes is that there are other decisions to be made. You know, looking at you know Ivan Rab, we've seen um, Javon Carter moved. Our bench pieces, you know Dylan Brooks, Bruno Kaboklo, Ivan Rab, those type of players that are out there. Do you feel any of those guys now are in danger of seeing their roster spots taken over or, take, or or potentially being cut with this new front office in place? I feel like we should put an emphasis on still including them on the roster and developing them as bench or role pieces. What are your thoughts? Do you see anybody after all these moves who you thought may have been a clear grizzly going into next season who now you're not so sure?
1: Yeah, I thought Kaboko was clear and you know, you and I both are, are fans of Bruno. Uh but the fact that he is on the Vegas Summer League roster tells me that he is clearly on the block and the team uh, the team may be looking at between the two of Rav and Kaboko in summer league, which one do we keep? Um obviously we need somebody um at the, the four to five position. Uh, for insurance sake of injury or foul trouble or something like that. So rad would make sense there. But I think there's a possibility that you see both of them on uh, on the block and gone because what if if we can't buy out Hill or Plumlee or move them and we're stuck with them on the roster for the year? Um, You're not going to take that cat hit and then not be on the roster, I don't think. so I think Kaboko and, and uh Rab are both in danger with Kaboko maybe being more on the block than, than Rab is.
0: And that's the thing when it comes to a new front office. If you are not just a clear, obvious franchise type of talent, or you have not been made a preference through being drafted or through being a free agent signing of of this regime, you you you're you're a pawn. And and that's what it just comes down to. I know that the Grizzlies have a lot of different roster or a lot of different assets on the roster. They have a lot of different talents on the roster, but a lot of them right now are more pawns than they are preferred parts of our future. And so more moves certainly are to come. So that concludes uh, our podcast reaction to free agency. Justin, if you were to give a grade to the Grizzlies front office, how many pluses would follow the A? In your react.
1: And then sending them out.
0: <laughs> uh, it, it, like I say, it's just, it, it's been fun. It's just, it, it's finally nice to see. It's finally nice to be the team that is, like I say, we're the ones playing chess instead of being a chess piece for other teams. It's a nice contrast, it's a welcome contrast, and it's one that we've been waiting on for many years to come. So, obviously, several big moves have been made. Next time out, we certainly will cover what occurred with the DeLon Wright situation. We'll also discuss any other moves that the Grizzlies have made. And furthermore, in our next podcast, there likely will be a surprise from our one and only Justin Lewis as a tribute to one of our most beloved Grizzlies in recent memory. Justin, before we head out, uh, for the uh, for the weekend and, and for the July 4th holiday, is there anything that you want to add?
1: Turn on your road notifications on Twitter because there's no telling what's going to happen and when it's going to happen.
0: Yep, I'm pretty sure Adrian Roganowski has maybe gotten five hours of sleep since Sunday, but it's it, him, Shams, and, and a lot of others do a wonderful job uh, with their coverage year after year. For Sean Coleman, uh, for, my name is Sean Coleman. For Justin Lewis, we cannot thank you enough for joining us on these editions of the 3 d Podcast. We will be going back to our regular weekly schedule once free agency is done. We'll obviously cover Summer League. We're also going to try to have some surprise guests on the show as we lead up to the 2019-2020 season. Stick with us for some of the best coverage out there. We'll make sure we've always got you covered here on the 3 d Podcast.